Welcome to the Mental Dietitian Podcast. I'm your host, Aaron Lynch-Potter, just a guy who's trying to live a great life and learn the best way to live it. This show is for the everyday human being that feels exactly how I feel, and every week I will bring you weekly episodes on how to get better mentally, emotionally, spiritually, physically, and financially, so you can have a great mental diet. Welcome. Welcome back to the Mental Dietitian Podcast. I'm your host, Aaron Lynch-Potter, and this is episode 96. Today, I'm going to talk about my experience with doing a two-day fast. Fasting is a massive fad right now, but it has been around for thousands and thousands of years. Every major religion does some kind of fasting, whether it's Muslims with Ramadan, whether it is Christians with fasting over Easter and Lent, and all Gandhi was known for fasting. It's in Buddhism. It's in, if you are a Sikh, there's also fasting in every major religion there is some kind of fasting going on. Why? Why has this been a thing for thousands of years? Is it healthy? Is it not healthy? Should you do it? What are the benefits from it? What was my experience with it? I'm going to answer all these questions today in this podcast. And first and foremost, it was a wild ride. I've never done a, I've never done a fast longer than 24 hours. And I promised myself I would do it before January 10th. And I did completed a two-day fast. So the number one thing that I learned from it was the amount of time I spend per day thinking about food, which was very interesting. It's almost like a, I wouldn't say it's an addiction, but I do believe we spend too much time eating. A lot of us in society spend a lot of time eating when for tens, if not hundreds of thousands of years, our ancestors did not eat the way that we eat. We have such abundance with our food more than any other time in history that we can eat four or five meals a day if we wanted to. For tens of thousands of years, most of our ancestors maybe ate once or twice a day, if that, because they didn't have a choice. So why is fasting such a fad at the moment? I believe, I mean, number one, a lot of really successful people talking about it. For example, if you follow the UFC at all, Dana White posted his results after doing an 86-hour fast. And he has totally, totally done a full 180 with his health. He was on the brink of death, apparently. Absolute death. He looked like he was very overweight, looked very inflamed. You know, I just remember seeing pictures of him. He looked like a very inflamed, unhealthy man. He's done a complete 180. He talks about how much fasting has been a part of that 180. Because when you are fasting, here's some of the benefits. You, number one, you go into ketosis after about 12 to 18 hours, which switches over the use of glycogen and carbohydrates as a fuel source. And you start burning your own body fat as a fuel source because there's no more food coming in. There's no energy from the food coming in anymore. So your body needs to change something. This can be quite uncomfortable. For me, I, I had quite a bad headache. And that's what usually happens kind of 
in that 18 to 24 hour range, it really starts, I started feeling kind of a bit of a headache, low energy, but then you switch over to using ketones as a fuel source, which is burning fat versus glycogen and carbs. So that's one thing, once that one benefit, which obviously has helped people like Dana White lose a lot of weight, things like that. So you start burning your own body fat as a fuel source. Another thing that happens is something called autophagy. So what autophagy is, is when you basically, it means to break down. You start actually breaking down the, the debris and some of the, it's like a cleanup crew in your body. You start cleaning up cells, rejuvenating cells. This also feels quite uncomfortable. You also feel very low energy. You're basically cleansing toxins, rejuvenating cells, rejuvenating cell membranes. This can also be uncomfortable. But there's a lot of research, and Dana White has talked about it with the help of some people in his life, like Gary Brecker, people who know a lot more than I, very um, famous doctors, that it can really help with cancer prevention. So it can help with cancer prevention because you are basically constantly detoxing the cells that may turn into cancer. So what is a cancerous cell? Cancerous cell is a cell that mutates. It's not moving, it's it's stuck and it starts cancerizing. Cancerizing maybe isn't a word, but it starts metastasizing is the correct word and starts, it's an unhealthy cell, right? So what can fasting do over a three to five day period? It can basically rejuvenate all those cells, clear your system from a lot of these cells. And you can do your own research. I'm not a doctor. This is not a prescription to do fasting at all. I'm just a guy that wants to learn about how to be the best human being I possibly can. I want to live a very long time. I'll be very honest. I'm very scared of cancer. My mom had cancer when I was 19 or 20. I do believe I still have some emotional things that I need to do around that. It scares me. It scares me a lot. It's one of my greatest fears is to be a healthy person like I am now and all of a sudden find out I have it. And it also transcends into the fear of death, which is a basic human fear. But if you listen to my podcast with Marcus Bledinger, who's a good friend of mine, he helps and talks about this a lot with people where if you identify with your physical body, the older you get, the more miserable you'll be because you are identifying with something that is aging and is temporary. So if you identify with people, places, things, looks, beauty, anything that is part of your meat suit or the external world, that will obviously create suffering. And therefore, those things are always temporary and those things always end. But if you identify with your soul and the loving awareness, which you are, because all you are is the awareness of right now. That's all we are. We are the awareness that is listening to this right now. So that, that's pretty, I just got pretty deep here, but I'm still not there yet. I'm still very scared of diseases because I want to live a long, wonderful life. I want to be here for a long time. It's not necessarily up to me. I I can do things under my control, which like fasting, things like that, which is why I'm doing it, which is why I'm sharing it. 
but you never know. You never, ever know. And that is something that does scare me. It scares me a lot. Anyway, <laughs> just wanted to share that because a lot of people have been affected by that. And when I did find out about that fasting can help with that as a preventative measure because it helps clear out your system and I would research yourself. I know that it can be a sensitive subject. A lot of us have been affected by it. And I am no means saying that fasting is a cure for anything, especially cancer. What I am saying, though, is I do believe there are lifestyle factors that we can incorporate into our lives, whether it is once a week, once a month, that can help prevent and lessen the likelihood of some of these things happening in our lives. So let me tell you a little bit about my personal experience with the first 48 hours, which I did. I did about 46, 47 hours, so just under 48 hours. But I'm going to say it was two days because it basically was. So I got home from jujitsu on Thursday night. My last meal was about 9 p.m. at night, which was quite late. But I was like, okay, hey, I'm going to start a two-day fast starting Thursday at 9 p.m. So normally I do an 18 and 6 split. What does that mean? I normally fast from about 6 or 7 p.m. the night before, and I don't eat until about 12 or 1 the next day. I have felt that this feels really, really good for me. I feel very clear. My mind is very sharp. I feel good. I don't feel bloated. I just feel good. And I've noticed a lot of fat loss recently. I've lost about 15 pounds in about a month and a bit. Now, that's a lot. I also was quite stressed during that time. I had a lot of, I wasn't, I didn't eat for about a week. I had a real hard, stressful moment where I took some time off work, but I'm back now. Many lessons, many lessons learned during that dark week that I went through, which one day I will share, but I'm still integrating, still incorporating, still weaving into the fabric of my life. So not a lot of it, not all of that weight loss was necessarily healthy, but I went from about 196 to about 181 where I'm sitting at right now. And I probably bounce, I want to bounce back up to between 185, probably about 185 would be a great place to be for me. So bearing that in mind, by about 12 the next day, 12 or one, my body is used to eating around that time. Another thing I learned is that our bodies are so used to certain patterns that when we don't when we don't do those particular patterns, especially around eating food, our body will start telling stories. Our mind will start telling stories. And once again, you are not your thoughts. You can have very intrusive thoughts, very mean thoughts, but you are the, the watcher of the thoughts. You are the witness. You are not the thoughts. It is like lying on your back on a summer's day when there's clouds in the sky and you're just watching the clouds and they go by. You don't have to zoom up 10,000 feet and hang out in the clouds. Just like another analogy, if you're sitting on the side of a road, a busy highway, your thoughts are like the cars on the highway. And when they are driving by, you don't run out onto the road and try to jump in the car. Because if you do jump in the car, you'll end up driving like a maniac and taking this turn, that turn, that turn. And then all of a sudden you end up somewhere really strange. When what you can do to center yourself is you can take a big, deep breath in through your nose, out through your mouth, and you can be sitting by the highway again, 
witnessing the cars drive by. You are not your thoughts. My experience at around 12, 1, 2 p.m. is that got quite active. It's like, you can't do this. Just eat something. You don't want to eat something. Just a lot of like negative testing self-talk where it is my choice whether or not I am in the driver's seat, whether I'm the captain of my ship or whether or not this scared yet very normal thing going on in my head starts to happen. So I managed to sit through that. I was drinking water at the time. Obviously, that's all I really drank apart from teas. I drank chamomile, jasmine, and peppermint teas because they have no calories at all. They're not going to break my fast at all. By about 8, 9 p.m. that night, it's been about 24 hours, right? So I didn't feel actually too bad. After that initial kind of time between 12 and 2 p.m. the first day when I normally eat, it kind of wore off. It was like, okay, well, I guess we're not eating. Because I told it, we're not eating. We're not eating. Sorry, stomach. Sorry, body. We're not eating. So that night, I didn't feel too bad. So that's that's Friday night now, right? I woke up the next day. I had three coaching clients in a row. So no, that was about 7, 8.30, and 9.30. So I finished at about 10.30. And I was not feeling too bad. I didn't feel too bad at that point. At that point, I was drinking more tea, more water, drank a lot of water. In some of my water, I sprinkled some sea salt and a little bit of apple cider vinegar just for taste because it kind of gets boring, to be honest. I went to jujitsu for a light roll. I was really contemplating this because I didn't do any exercise on Friday. I was like, I don't want to do too much strenuous activity. I've never been here before. I don't know what this is going to be like. I do not want to hurt myself. I don't want my ego to think that I can do something when maybe I should just relax, slow down, and really be present with myself. But I did choose to go to jujitsu. I only rolled with kids and a few women that were there where obviously I'm physically stronger than them, so I can really focus on technique. I don't have to focus on strength or power to participate with the role, but that's what really hit me. I, I didn't have the best sleep the night before, which also affected me. But after that jujitsu class, I definitely felt fatigued. That's for sure. I felt a real lack of energy. And this is about at that point, it's around 1230. So I'm about 40 hours in. So it's a, it's a decent amount of time into this fast. Then I got home. I kind of, I really didn't have much energy. I really wasn't feeling too good. Then it got okay by around 3 or 4 p.m. Then at around 6 or 7 p.m., I was lying on the couch. I started getting a very bad headache, like a searing headache, like really bad. And I started kind of going in and out of consciousness on the couch. This was quite scary to me because I was at home by myself. Lexi wasn't there. And my brain really started that the cars on the highway, to use that analogy, it was really bad. It's like, you're going to die. You're going to die here on the couch. You've never done this before. What if you're the only person that dies from a 48-hour fast? What if you react differently to this? What if it was just very difficult? It was very difficult to sit with. I didn't want to fall asleep. I felt scared to fall asleep. Basically, I psyched myself out and it was I scared the shit out of myself. And I had to basically choose 
I was planning on doing 60 hours, which was the next morning at around 9 a.m. That's when I was going to break the fast, about 60 hours in. I was about 46, 47 hours in at this point. And I was like, you know what? I don't need to prove anything to anybody. I don't need to. I'm not weak or lesser than or there's nothing wrong with me for cutting my fast this early. So I did. And I had some bone broth to break the fast, which is the best way to break a fast from my research. It, it's full of collagen. It's full of protein. It's it's a really nice thing to break it with some hot bone broths. And I sat there. And another thing I really realized from this fast is my appreciation for food. A lot of the time when I eat, I'm not present with eating. I'm just shoveling it into my mouth, maybe on my phone, maybe watching a show, maybe just thinking somewhere else up in my head. And those first few sips of bone broth were absolute bliss. It was just like amazing. The next thing I ate was this, this was the real thing. This, this blew my mind was half an avocado with a little bit of salt on it and a little bit of pepper. And I got the spoon. I remember looking at it and I was like, so grateful for it. I remember taking little kind of spoonfuls and putting it into my mouth. And I was like, wow, 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 wow. Unbelievable. Just tasted so, I've, I've never had an avocado taste like an avocado that much. It was, it was amazing. After that, I had two eggs on some sourdough bread with some butter on the sourdough bread and some salt and pepper on the eggs. And that was also unbelievable. That was about 9 p.m. that I finished kind of eating that. So I didn't eat much, just a small thing. And the next day I had a few more eggs in the morning and I slowly went back to normal eating. So what I learned from that is that your thoughts will attack you when you're very uncomfortable and they will really try to sabotage you and if you've never been somewhere before, sometimes you don't know whether or not it is a defense mechanism trying to keep you safe, or it's just something that you need to learn how to be with. Next time I do intend on doing 60 to 72 hours, a three day fast to see what that is like. Now I know what it's like. I believe that I can push through that part. I do believe that it was because I didn't have a very good night's sleep the night before. So, I definitely want to research it more. I definitely want to learn about it more. I definitely want to see how it feels for me, incorporate these fasting into my into my life so that I can use it as a, another tool in my tool belt to be the healthiest human being I can be and to just live a great life where I'm not not tied to food. I don't have to eat every three hours. Otherwise I'm going to lose my mind, which is how I used to be. I used to get hangry after two and a half hours, just because I created that pattern within myself, which means I'm just a slave to my stomach. So I don't want to be a slave to anything. I want to choose how I live my life, not my stomach. So if you enjoyed this episode, please share it with other people. There's a lot of people looking at this right now. And I think the best way to learn about it, apart from research, obviously, is to listen to people's stories. And if you want to try yourself, go for it. There's no pressure to do a 100-hour fast, an 80-hour fast. Try an 18-hour fast first. Then do 24. Then do 30, 36. And just play around with it. See what feels good for you because every human being is different. You are an individual. Nobody has ever been you. So play around with it. See what you like. And 
Hopefully this episode helps you add another tool into your tool belt about how to be the best, most optimized, healthy human being you can be. Love you guys. We'll see you next week. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Mental Dietitian Podcast. If you found any value at all, please share this with a family member or a friend or just a guy or a gal walking down the street, just anybody at all, if you feel like it could help them and benefit them from the conversations that we're having. It would mean the world to me if you could also leave a review. It helps grow the show. It helps the algorithms. And I also do love connecting with my listeners. So please reach out to me on social media. The best way to get a hold of me is through Instagram. And my Instagram handle is Aaron Lynch Potter. And that's spelled A-H-R-E-N-L-Y-N-C-H-P-O-T-T-E-R. Thank you so much once again.